Would you bow your heads in prayer with me? Lord, grant that the words of my mouth this morning and the meditations of our hearts together might be pleasing in your sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. In your name we pray, amen. You know, as I got ready to preach on the text, I thought, oh, because, you know, the texts are a, a lot of them assigned for a Sunday. This would have been great, this text, a week from now. Because, of course, next Sunday is July 3rd. And we will, on July 4th, do what we do every year. We will celebrate the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Sign. We will celebrate the date on which 13 colonies became the United States of America the day in which we became a free nation. But you know, on that day, it was only freedom on paper. There would be a price to be paid for that freedom to become real. Seven years of war fought in places like Boston, Massachusetts, Trenton, New Jersey, Guilford Courthouse, the Brandywine River, Yorktown, Virginia. Thousands of lives would be sacrificed so that the Declaration of Independence could be more than simply words on a page. Of course, keeping that freedom has also come with a high price. Hundreds of thousands, millions have died in bloody in a bloody civil war, in two world wars, in Korea, in Vietnam, in Iraq, in Afghanistan, all so that you and I could elect a government of our own choosing. Also that you and I could Speak our minds without fear of punishment. Also that you and I could worship like we're doing this morning in the church of our choice. Not some ruler. See, it's one thing to say you're free. It's quite another to make that freedom a reality and to keep it. Well, I think Paul, in today's reading, says much the same thing about our spiritual freedoms. Not that we have as Americans, but that we have because we are believers in Jesus Christ. Listen to Paul's opening words. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. And do not make yourselves be burdened, do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Holding on to our spiritual freedom begins with understanding what you're free from. Before we get into that, I just want you to think of that in terms of us as Americans, because I think sometimes we even forget that. We have never lived under a brutal dictator. We don't understand what it means. Like those who have moved here from the former Soviet Union. 
We've got no concept what it's like to be thrown in jail for having political beliefs that are different from those in government. We don't realize the courage that it takes to worship in places where being a Christian is illegal. And there are lots of places like that in this world. I think sometimes we don't appreciate what we have. I hope we do. But I would also then apply that to, to us as believers. Do we remember or understand what it is we have been freed from in Christ? And it's easy for us to forget that because folks, one of the things they teach you at the seminary is that you don't have to uh, preach the law a lot because people know it by nature, but the thing you have to repeat again and again is the Gospel. Because see, what comes natural to us is the law. What comes natural to us is the idea that there must be something that I have to do. To make myself right with God. Self-righteousness is part of the old sinful nature. And folks, as a pastor, I hear Christians talking like that's the way it works. Are you going to heaven? Well, I hope so. I've tried to be as good as I can. Or someone who will say, I, I don't see how God can love me after some of the things I've done. As if our salvation depends on you and me being good enough. Because folks, if it depends on you and me being good enough, if that's what we believe, we are living as slaves. Because you know what? You and I can't do it. Paul he says, the good that I would, I cannot do, and the evil I don't want to do, I just keep on doing it. That's, that's Paul. And he couldn't do it. Trying to earn your way into God's grace, into God's love, is a hopeless task. Living that way is to live under slavery. To live under a curse. I compare it to I don't know if you remember the old Rubrics cube. You know, it had all the colors and you were supposed to get them all on one side and I would work at it and I would work at it and the more I worked at it, the more frustrated I got and I just gave up. I think the only way I was going to get the colors all on the same side was to rip the little decals off and, and paste them back on. Well, that's... The same kind of frustration that goes, the same kind of slavery that goes with trying to be good enough. Listen to St. Paul's words. All who rely on observing the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. And that would mean that we're all under that curse. That's why we need to understand the freedom we have in Christ. He did for us what we cannot do for ourselves. The perfect life demanded by the law, Jesus lived it. 
The price for the failure on the cross, Christ redeemed us from the curse by Himself being cursed for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs upon a tree. He paid the price for our freedom, not with perishable things such as gold or silver, but with His holy, precious blood. Like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He made the great exchange. His perfect life offered for our sin. Our sin taken on Him. And His life credited to us. And you want to know where it got put into your bank? On the day of your baptism. You were buried with Christ by baptism into death and raised with Him to new life. All of us who have been baptized, you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you were baptized into Christ Jesus and you've clothed yourself with Christ. Baptism is your spiritual 4th of July. Your Independence Day. You and I don't have to be good enough for God because Jesus has been good enough for us. You and I don't have to pay the price for our sin because Jesus paid the price for us. I love the words that open Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death for what the law was powerless to do and that it was weakened by my sinful nature. God did by sending His Son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. You're free from all the I should have. And I wish I had. And I have to. Any of you that beat yourself up because you fall short, stop it. Christ paid the price in full. So yeah, understand what you're free from, but second, standing fast in your freedom in Christ also means remembering what Christ has freed you for. I remember a young man I grew up with, his parents gave him everything, college, car, money, whenever he needed it, and he abused them. Took them for granted, took advantage of them, and they, but they never disciplined him. They, when he got in trouble, they bailed him out no matter what he did. They never made him pay a price for bad behavior, bad choices. He abused their generosity. Knowing they would always rescue him, he felt free to do whatever he pleased. Is that how you see God? Have you ever done something thinking, well, God will forgive me anyway? That's the same thing that young man was doing. Folks, that's not freedom. That's living as if His death on the cross and His resurrection count for nothing. I want you to listen to the warning contained in Paul's words. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Don't go back to the old way of life. Do not use 
your freedom to indulge your sinful nature. In the previous parish, there was a young man who flunked out of college. He had nowhere to go but home, but he was afraid of what his dad was going to say. Well, his parents were disappointed, but they welcomed him home. Dad found him a job at dad's place of employment. They helped him get into another school. Helped him rent an apartment. Why did they do that? Did they do it so that he could just go out and fail again? He might have. No, they did those things so he could make a new beginning. That's why God has set you free. That's why Christ died for us. Freed us from our failures, not so that we could sin as much as we want, not so that we could live as we please, but so that we could live now as He pleases. Freed us just like Luther said, that you and I might be His own and live under Him in His kingdom and serve Him in everlasting righteousness, blessedness, and innocence. Because you see, that's freedom. Not doing what you please, but being what God created you to be. Not a have to, but an I want to. Loving God because He first loved you. How do you stand fast in that freedom? As a nation, we've been willing to fight any battle, bear any burden, make any sacrifice for our national freedom. When Christ, we cling to His sacrifice, the sacrifice He made. We cling to the means of grace by which God gives and maintains our freedom. We cling to the Word of God in which He makes His promises and in which He gives us faith. We cling to baptism where God washed us clean and applied His promises to our life. We we come to His table and we eat and drink His body and blood and the bread and wine where He shares with us the cost of freedom, where He strengthens us to walk with Him every day. By these means, God lays the foundation for your freedom in Christ. He gives you and He keeps you in the faith. Folks, don't take for granted what God has done for you in Christ. Stand firm. Hold fast to Him. Amen? Amen. And now may the peace of God which pass understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life that is everlasting. Amen.